Okay. I have put this off long enough, but when this episode goes live, the NHL entry draft will begin tomorrow. Now, the Devils don't have a first-round pick, but there's still a lot of prospects for them to choose later on in the rounds, and Jersey Joe is here as we're going to talk about certain prospects that catch our eye that can fall later in the draft so that way the Devils can possibly nab another diamond in the rough. We have a lot to break down in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, Devils Ride for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential media member, Trey Matthews. Join alongside Jersey Joe, my fellow writer over at Pucks and Pitchforks, and also the host of Heads Up Hockey podcast. And Jersey Joe, it's been a long time coming, but it is the week of the NHL entry draft. All right, so... I haven't really talked about it on the show because the Devils do not have a first-round pick. It's a little different circumstance because the Devils are obviously trying to get back to the Stanley Cup playoffs. They're trying to become contenders. So the draft is not really all that big of a priority. But one of the big talking points during the offseason was that Tom Fitzgerald hinted at the possibility of the Devils pursuing a first-round draft pick. However, after Jesper Bratt re-signed to a lengthy extension he kind of confirmed my question which was brat was really that guy that could have gotten them a first round pick and now that we're a few days from it it could happen still but i don't see it as a likely uh, outcome i think they're going to stick to what they got however they can still make some moves to get some late draft picks because i've been hearing rumors saying that yegor sharon govich he might be on the move ryan graves he might be on the move but both of them are pending free agents. So uh, first and foremost, Jersey Joe, welcome back to the show. And like I said, let's talk NHL draft. Well, thank you, everybody. It is that wonderful time of the year. It's not Christmas. Well, it is if you're in the hockey business. <laughs> well, yep, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely uh, a hectic time because uh, the Devils also made a trade. It was a small trade. I'll talk about it in in a very future episode, but Riley Walsh has, is now no longer a part of the Devils organization. I was actually kind of um, bummed to hear that because I had somewhat decent expectations for him because he was uh, uh, line mates with uh, Adam Fox. They both played on the uh, on the Harvard Blue Line and did pretty well. We know what Adam Fox has blossomed into, and now I was kind of hoping the same thing for Riley Walsh because um, remember Adam Fox won the Norris Trophy when. Lindy Ruff was one of the assistant coaches with the Rangers. And I heard that one of the areas areas that Ruff focused on was defense. So I was hoping that uh, if Walsh ever got the chance to consistently be coached and tutelage under Ruff, maybe he could blossom into something similar to his um, similar to his Harvard teammate. I was stretching it a bit, but it goes to show you that I was expecting just something out of Riley Walsh since, like I said, from Harvard, Teammates with Adam Fox both held down the blue line really well for the Harvard Crimson. And uh, 
Now we got Shane Bowers, and Shane has only appeared in one NHL game for the Colorado Avalanche, and he is a former first-round pick dating back to 2017, 28th overall. But, but we're gonna, I'm going to focus on that in a future episode. Small trade, nothing really big. It was kind of expected. But let's talk about the NHL draft once again. So what are your thoughts going into it? What should it, How should the Devils approach it? Well, first off, I mean, it's harder to uh, come across goalies in a regular NHL season. And it takes them years to develop. And also a little bit similar with defensemen. And then uh, not as hard as with centers, but centers are still very vital and always will be vital. So I always stick with those three major roles you need to have a blend of centers that can be playmakers, a goal scorer, uh, someone that can power their way through. And if you find a guy that's a center, you can convert them to a wing if you think they're not good at uh, being a center. Now, another thing is uh, you can always move a surplus of assets for a need uh, after the draft or during the draft to get someone like, you know, in years past where we've seen a ready player, roster player parlayed with a draft pick. So this year, I mean, uh, the wingers are a little shorter, but they're more creative and more dynamic and goal scoring. But you also have some big boys uh, that can be power forwards between centers and wings. So according to lines.com, the Devils have uh, the 58th overall pick in, in the draft. That's second round towards the, the end of it. They're projected to draft Uri Prakarsik with the 58th overall pick from, from Slovakia. He's a left winger. Uh, that's according to lines.com. And um, uh, their scouting report is that he's a Slovakian winger who is already pro-sized and has a set of wheels and can stick handle end-to-end, still developing consistently, needs to play harder to get more space, in the course of a few months, his leg strength and skating, his confidence is now a budding cadence to be a pro power forward, drives the net, and knows where to place himself. He plays the bumper on power play and uses his quick release to score from there. He is good at redirecting pucks from there, too. He can force turnovers and penalties now with hard pressure due to his incredibly improved leg strength and power to his skating, displays good jam and gives and takes hits and usually comes out with the puck can go end to end and score. And his vision and puck handling are rocketing him to draft list. Once again, that is uh Uri Pekarsik. Pekarsik. Yeah. He's Slovak. Um, so what do you, what I, do you say about that? Power forward. I think he's one of those guys that if you don't see someone like a Bo Aki, who's a right defenseman, or you don't see, a Jakob Dvorak, a left defenseman available. Uh, you can go with that guy. But I have a couple of guys at 58 that I put in uh, about four sims. Uh, one I have is from Finland, a left wing. Uh, his name oh, is... Wait, wait, wait. Before, before you get into uh, those players, uh, 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 just a couple things on Pekarsik. He He is 17 years old. Uh, he's six foot two, weighs 183 pounds. So he's not done growing. He can hit a growth spurt and maybe add 20 more pounds because, like I said, the scouting report is saying that he is pro size, has a set of wheels, 
and he can sort of be play like a power forward type role. So when we think of power forward on the Devils roster, we obviously think of someone like Timo Meyer. Yeah, someone jinx, you owe me a soda. Someone who can uh, score, someone who can assert himself, play physical. Um, I, I remember uh, people were comparing. This is a little different because this player was a defenseman, but remember Shakir Mukamadoulin? Yes. Uh, obviously, people were comparing him to Big Z because Shakir had gained a lot of weight. He was uh, asserting himself in Russia, and people were just like, maybe he could blossom into maybe a Big Z caliber player. I said I would compare him more to Jonas Siegenthaler, and obviously I said that that's not his ceiling, but I think that's a better player to compare him to for the time being. So no. I, think, I think for Picard's sake, he is definitely he's he can be a big power forward, and I think that would be an interesting development for the Devils because one of the issues that this team has is that they have a lot of capable goal scorers, they have a lot of skill, but the one thing that that they seem to be lacking both here in the NHL level and also the AHL system is size. And obviously when Nikito Hotuk and Shakir, Shakir Mukabadulin no longer with the organization and also Fabian Zetterlin, that size goes away a, a little bit more too. There's still more in store with Jersey Joe, but before we continue, obviously the NHL draft is right around the corner and that's where a lot of rebuilding teams start to build their championship team. It all starts with the draft. It all starts with that main centered piece and the same can be said for your vehicle because every part needs a fit just right so the next time you need parts and accessories head to ebay motors with ebay guaranteed fit you can be sure that every part you need fits just right the first time around just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know if it will fit or your money back because just like in sports confidence is the name of the game when you shop on ebay motors and now with over 122 million parts to choose from you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win with the right parts guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, let's get back to our discussion with Jersey Joe as we talk about some of our favorite prospects in the upcoming NHL draft for the Devils to select. Take it away. So there's something interesting I see in this player. So he is a late birthday, September birthday. So he's born in the last quarter of uh, 2005 birthday. So he is going to be what uh, is dubbed as a late bloomer by Malcolm Gladwell in the book Outliers. And he's a left wing center. So he has, like Luke Hughes as a defenseman, has a little bit longer than some of those other people born in his draft year. So he's like uh, almost like nine months separated from his peers in that draft year to physically develop from what, when you're a young kid, you'd be considered an adolescent born in that late part of the year. So th- he does have potential. Um, he is ranked between, what was it, consolidated ranking uh, at 86th. And central scouting, he's uh, the 41st best European skater. So he's looked to be between, what, 67th and uh, 79th and 100. So, yeah, I think he – And he's from Nitra. Yeah, I I said that from – he was a – they put in the scouting report what he was capable of doing with uh, Nitro. So – uh, I didn't want to cut you off. What are some of the players you have your eyes on? Because okay, so at fifty eighth, 
Uh, I have four. I did four simulations. Okay. Um, Emil Yarventia, a left winger. He's 5'10", skilled, offensive first, uh, playmaking winger, uh, creative hands, solid one-timer, excellent change of pace. He's a goal scorer and a playmaker. And okay. then the, we, we know a second, thing or two about we we know a thing or two about that uh, goal goal scoring and playmaking. And then um, the second sim at fifty eight, I got uh, New Jersey native Aram Minetian. Uh, he plays at Boston College now, and he's originally from Bergen Catholic. He's an offensive defender. He's now six feet tall, with a high end uh, puck moving uh, ability, smooth, efficient skater. Solid defender, two-way player. So he's a March birthday of 2005. And he's from the U.S. NTDP. Okay. So he's uh, headed to BC. And then I also came across him again in the third sim. And then um, over on the, the last sim I did for 58th overall, a goaltender, one of the top uh, in the draft. His name is Carson Bjarnson, uh from the Brandon Wheat Kings, six foot three, one eighty six. Um, he is dubbed as a big, big goalie, big framed, composed, uh, fluid moving, butterfly stopper, excellent rebound control and positioning. So, of all those players you listed, who would you say is your favorite? Like, who would you want the Devils to draft if that player is available? I tend to lean more on Manetian, given the fact that you're getting a hometown boy who just grew a couple inches. Uh, he has a good two-way game. He is a little elusive. He reminds me a bit of Adam Fox, like a light Adam Fox light, but he can really uh, play a really good two-way game. And he does get a little bit beat on the retreat, but that's something that can be taught. And the offensive game is there. His awareness is there. He's got everything that you need. Another guy I would like uh, would be a center power forward, two-way player uh, from the NCAA, Charlie Strommel. So there's another player who I think I – told you about him on the phone before we uh, did this recording, but uh, he's from the OHL. He played for the Erie Otters. And obviously I have uh, a connection with the Erie Otters and I hope to uh, bring their play-by-play announcer onto the show uh, in the near future before the draft. But that is Kerry Terrance. He's projected to go in the mid second round. He's six foot one, 181 pounds. He's a left winger. So uh, team USA winger who impressed um, at the under 17 with a strong work ethic and consistent play without flash, smart, hardworking two-way player who can be relied upon in every situation to give a good effort. He pressures the puck well, causing turnovers because of his hard work and determination in the back check. He is very responsible defensively, and he works hard at end-to-end on the back check once more. Does a nice job on the penalty kill of getting in the passing and shooting lanes and is willing to be a shot blocker. He reads the play at both ends of the sheet of ice. Although not a dynamic offensive player, he is effective at times. Erie had him on the power play point because uh, of his puck movement. He has a very hard shot, which needs to improve his accuracy. And he misses the net a lot, hammering pucks wide. So the thing about Terrence is that he's an interesting case, which is 
you just read the scouting report, which is he's not an offensive minded winger. He's more of a defensive minded. So I would say if he was to ever reach the devil's organization, we can sort of see him slide into the bottom six, sort of what the BMW line is, which is you got Miles Wood, Michael McLeod, Nathan Bashan. They're not going to light, light up the score sheet offensively. However, the BMW line was very effective, especially in the first half of the year. Now, Miles Wood sort of fizzled out towards the end, and he picked it up in the second round of the playoffs. But still, depth is so essential. And I think with Kerry Terrance, just his defensive-minded skill set and what he's able to do on special teams, I think that would also be an interesting player for the Devils to pick up. And his offensive capabilities, it can be developed, it can be taught, and I'm sure if he was playing it with uh, Utica, I'm sure he could develop it in more ways than one. But I think Kerry Terrance is someone that I have my eye on. And like I said, I'm a little biased because I have some connections with the Erie Otters. But still, I, I think Terrance is worth a, a, a shot. Well, one of my favorite Erie Otters is actually someone who's a, a six-foot-tall Slovak uh, winger. His name is... Andre Molnar, and in one of my uh, Sims, he's one of those guys that reminds me of Andre Palat because he's a playmaker. Are you and... sure? It's because they, it's, are you sure it's not because they just share the same name? No, um, no. It's it's the way he's shifty, creative, uh, very fast uh, type player. And to me, like when I looked at his uh, international play, plus he played in Slovakia. He just looked very poised with the puck and without the puck. And I don't think it would be too long on day two before his name is even called. And I think the doubles being in Slovakia, uh, having some presence there, he would be a perfect fit. Yeah, so he joined the Erie Otters actually relatively late into the year, about halfway through it. He's six foot, weighs 176 pounds, and he has an NHL size frame and he can build upon. So that's something we always like to look at, like which players can, these players are still growing. They're still developing. And when you hear like NHL ready size, that honestly intrigues me because it's like, how much further can they go? But going back to Andre Molnar, despite only scoring five points in 22 games uh, with Nitra, that size helped him to com compete against men. And he, he was very competitive in the OHL. I remember him uh, vividly when I, did the play-by-play -play for the Erie Otters back in back in January for that game. So Andre Molnar is definitely someone that could be seen as a project. But like like we said, with the thing with Molnar and Terrence is that they're not offensive-minded forwards. You, you would have to develop that. But I think what people need to know is that it, it doesn't really matter because the Devils have a lot of offensive-capable prospects. Like we're already seeing the rise of – uh, of someone like uh, Dawson Mercer. Now Mercer is getting up there a little bit, but we've seen his offensive game take a couple steps uh, forward. Alexander Holtz, you still can't count him out. You got Nolan Foote. You got your boy Griziuk. Um, mm -hmm. there, there's a lot of young players in the pipeline for Devils that are capable of scoring. And on the defensive side of things, you got Luke Hughes. And mm -hmm. honestly, uh, if Luke Hughes' career uh, continues to climb in the way that people are projecting it to be, and if he is able to reach his potential at any point during his tenure with the Devils organization, uh, if I'm Scott Niedermeyer, I'd be looking over my shoulder and sleeping with one uh, eye open because 
Luke Hughes might be trying to take the reins of best offensive-minded defenseman in Devils history, but I don't want to put that pressure on the, on his shoulders <laughs> quite yet. But I, I noticed that a few years back. Like, he, he's got the ability to do it. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Yeah, but like I said, he's, I've only seen him in a few NHL games, and albeit they were really good. But I don't want to put that pressure on the kid. But going back to what I going back to what I was saying, like the Devils have a lot of prospects. They have a lot of young players that are capable of scoring. Don't be afraid to go for, I would say, those more defensive minded offensive players, because mm. it was so essential last year. Now, what, what are you about to say? I was going to say one of my other favorite defensemen in this draft is uh, also from Erie, uh, Spencer Sova. He can. Produce a bit of offense, but he's a physical guy. I would not shy away from him um, in the last few rounds of the draft. So the Devils have the 58th overall pick. They have the 80th overall pick. They have uh, pick. They they pick 122nd, 154, 186, and 218. Where would you see Spencer Sova selected if he was available to pick up? So. Back to elite prospects. They list him between McKean's and draft prospects hockey from 179 to 222. So, like, that's right near the end of, like, sixth, seventh round. Uh, and the Devils have uh, picks ready for that kid. Um, I know he's an overager by a year, but sometimes you can find a gem that's already been a year developed more. Yeah, he's 19. And the thing is, he is born the first month of his birth year. So this is set. This is D plus one. So technically, he blossomed a little late and he's a little bit done on the growing side. But doesn't mean he can't add more physical uh, muscle mass to his potential. Yeah, so Spencer Sova was actually one of the assistant captains for the Erie Otters. He appeared in 68 games. He had 16 goals, 23 assists for a grand total of 39 points. So I would honestly say that he's sort of a two-way type of defenseman because he's a capable goal scorer. But at the same time, we focus more on his defensive aspects. But if the Devils know a thing or two about defensemen is that their blue liners, aside from Dougie Hamilton and now possibly formerly Ryan Graves, uh, the, the, when, when it comes to offense, that they rely more on that for their forwards, and they let players like John Marino, Jonas Siegenthaler sort of hold down the fort on the defensive side of things. We even saw people like Kevin Ball, your guy who you were big on at the beginning of the Stash year. Stash watch. He Stash truly watch. is living up to the name. Step up his game. It wasn't a good start. He was a turnover machine, which is why he wasn't consistently playing. But he started to 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 really clean up his game as it progressed, and I think that was to be expected. And then for someone like Damon Severson, offensive mind defenseman, but we saw him take a bit of a backseat, bottom four defenseman, and just that's what he was being utilized as. And he was still able to hold down the fort defensively and advance analytics show it. But like I was saying, it was like. When it comes to just getting more offensive offense production on the defensive side of things, if the Devils were to select Spencer Sova and he was somehow to make the the roster within the next few years, I would say he would definitely be one of the more the two way minded type of players. And other than and Dougie Hamilton's not really a two way player. He he can't really play he's, defense. He, he's like, more of an offensive minded guy. 
like in the middle of the season when you and I were talking about Sasquatch Lytics, uh, Dougie Hamilton is not uh, in that whole spectrum. He's a complete offensive defenseman. He's a bar. He's what I like to think of as a bartender. He likes to stir things up offensively. Right. So this might be controversial, but I got to bring it up. When pick 58 comes around for the Devils, that second round, do you think they could select a goalie like with their first pick in the draft? Like, do you think that's a possibility? Because I have some, oh, yes. I have some goalies uh, names listed on, on, on my, on my notebook because I was just like, cause I said it in the previous episode, which is the devils are kind of in a dilemma here when it comes to their goalie development, because you got Vitek Vanacek. He's going to be back on the roster come next year. But then it's like, what do you do with Akira Schmidt? Because Tom Fitzgerald said he's open to sending Akira back down to Utica just because he's on the final year of his entry-level contract. He still has options remaining. If they were to bring back someone like Mackenzie Blackwood, he can't be sent down to Utica without clearing waivers. And even when he reaches Utica, he can't suit up in a single game, according to Ben Burnell, who uh, clarified that with me uh, during the course of the season when people were wondering why is Blackwood on the roster, unless it's for a rehab assignment. I just want to make that. Yeah. I heard, I heard that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I want to make that perfectly clear, but there's some diamonds in the rough when it comes to goaltenders, because uh, Chris Peters, who uh, covers the NHL uh, draft, uh, he, he does it for flow hockey. He's actually a friend of the show. He actually does not have a goalie set to go in the first round. Um, and that's his personal draft, uh, uh, mock draft. I agree and with him. He's, and usually he's pretty accurate with it. I think the only goalie that has a chance to go in the first round is Michael Harabel. Um, yeah, Michael Harabel. I actually – I was going to put him in an article, but I kind of like – I got like too much of a writer's block because I was like, I better save this for a moment when I have with you on right. air because – um, I looked at him and I looked at Schmid. Um, yeah, they're, they're both six foot four to six foot six type goaltenders. They're both Europeans. Uh, Hrabal is from Czechia, and the Devils have a thing for Central European goalies. And also, Hrabal plays in the USHL. And what did Akir Schmid do? He went to play in the USHL and he developed his game. And I can see Hrabal being the type of guy who uses his size and his frame. I mean, 209 pounds and six foot six and someone that is very fluid and sealing the pipes and whatnot. That's going to be hard to defend. I don't care if he wants to be a backup or a starting goaltender. You can find that on the draft day. And those guys will take maybe a few years, but look at what happened with Schmid after a few years of developing um, what was it, two and a half in yeah, yeah. Uh, the USHL. And then he went to uh, the AHL for a little bit. And then he started to show his true colors uh, after the shortened season that we had during uh, the shortened lockdown. So I think there is a really good potential for this pick. Yeah, so Harabal might be a long shot just because I think he is the best goalie available to be selected. Now, Chris Peters says in his personal mock draft that he doesn't have a goalie going round one. We already uh, touched on that. But according to lines.com, they do have Harabal going in the first round. And obviously 
mock drafts are subjective, but I don't think Harabal is going to fall that far to the 58th overall pick for the Devils to select. And Harabal, like you said, he's six foot six, and that's something Peters also touched on. Very tall goalie, a lot of potential. And the thing is, last year with the Omaha Lancers, didn't really go all that well. He had a save percentage of 908, goals against average of 2.86, and he's set to go to the University of Massachusetts uh, this upcoming year. Great school. Great school, yes. Um, So he's going to UMass uh, this upcoming upcoming fall. So Harabal might be off the books by the time the Devils pick at 58, but that's definitely something you can entertain because we can compare him to Akira Schmidt with ease, like you said. They have that connection in terms of size. They have that connection in terms of the USHL. And obviously, like you said, uh, the Devils have a thing for Central European players. But here's another player that might be somewhat uh, interesting, and that is Carson Bjarnson. Uh, who, I have him at 58 in my fourth sim. There we go. He he uh, played in the WHL for the Brandon Wheat Kings. and season didn't really go all that well. Uh, save percentage of 900 goals against average of 3.08 um but he's 17 he could still develop and he's six foot three so uh Bjarnson is definitely someone who interests me a little bit um but drafting a goalie with your first pick in the draft that that is a bit of a risk but I like I said the Devils in 2020 what did they focus on in the first round they focused on Forwards. They drafted Alexander Holtz. They drafted Dawson Mercer. Obviously, Shakir Mukamadoulin was the exception. He was a defenseman. And Mukamadoulin was used as a collateral in the Timo Meyer trade. Then the very next year, Devils uh, draft Luke Hughes. Then just last year, they drafted your guy, Shimon the Mets. So I think for the Devils, just given like their goalie situation right now, I think they need another player to basically have the same projection or the same capabilities as Akira Schmid. I think that's next on their bucket list. So um, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be against it if they did select a goalie at 58 overall. And then uh, here's another goalie that um, you might've heard of Adam Gajan. So he played for Slovakia. So uh, Simon Nemec knows him. I wouldn't be surprised uh, if Nemec and Tatar talked the ears off on uh, on the Devils scouting staff when it comes to the European players, especially the Slovaks. And Guyon played in the USHL, and six two, I think, is a bit of a, a the minimum now um, in the NHL for a goalie. But it's the way you got to be mechanical. Okay. Um, but it does say here he does have elite reflexes and he does stay square. So that does mean he's economical, mentally strong, focused, and poised. So he might go a little bit sooner. So I'm guessing 58th would be a good spot for him if the Devils don't get Harabal or Bjarnson. Okay, so we talked about Bjarnson. We talked about uh, Gajan. How about a U.S. player, Jacob Fowler? Jacob Fowler, well, I think he slides past the Devils because he's six foot one. And like I said before, like guys like Vitek Vanacek are six foot two. And when you go down on your knees in the butterfly, you let up a few more inches uh, 
for another opponent to roof a shot on you? So, so no on Jacob Fowler, I would say. I think the Devils pass on Fowler, and someone else takes him uh, later on day two of the draft. I think just sticking with what I know from seeing Goldie's six foot two and higher, that's the trend. Okay, but there, but there's a late pick I do have my eye on, Stanislav Berzhnoi, and he's from Russia, six foot four, two hundred plus pound kid. Uh, developing the MHL. And then there's another kid in Sweden who's Italian uh, named Damien Clara. He's supposed to be one of the top nine European goalies um, per elite prospects on uh, the European uh, rankings. So I think there's a lot of upside with him. I think it's just the one thing is he's with J20 Nationalen. And given the fact that he's not your traditional uh, European goalie, it he seems like a wild card, and I like wild cards. I can respect that because uh, Devils are no no strangers to finding diamonds in the rough. How that's how they found someone like um, Jesper Brad or Yegor Sharangovich, which is or in the trade market nonetheless, like you know, getting someone like Ryan Gray's down low because they knew that the. Colorado Avalanche were kind of in a in a fluster to to uh, get something out of them. Otherwise, they would have had to expose them. But uh, we talked a lot about the prospects, um, and we talked about at the beginning of the show what we would do going into the draft. But let's talk about expectations. So, like we said, Tom Fitzgerald might or was willing to possibly trade Jesper Bratt for a first round pick. He talked about it in one of his recent media availabilities. He said. Pratt was their best option to get a first rounder, but the, the goal was to obviously re-sign him long-term. And I theorize that that was probably Fitzgerald's way of just trying to scare Brad a little bit into signing the extension and just mm-hmm. like, yeah, done. otherwise I'm going to have to move on from you. But Fitzgerald can still make a move and maybe get another late draft pick. So we've already seen him trade away Damon Severson for uh, the, the 80th overall pick in this year's draft. And uh, last time the Devils, selected at 80th overall was back in 2019 when they drafted Graham Clark. So do you see the devils making a trade on draft day, maybe trading away the rights to Ryan Graves or Yegor Sharon Govich, Mackenzie Blackwood, Miles Wood, a few other players who are either RFAs or UFAs. Do you see that happening? Uh, when it comes to Miles Wood, it's good. It would be a late pick but 90% of the time he's just going to walk for free. Um, yeah, when it I comes think. to, yeah, especially with his injuries. I, I don't I think, think, while I think he, while I know he's going to play come next year, I don't think teams are going to be jumping the gun to, to sign him. I think they're, it's more of like he would be a filler. And I think it would be no exception for the devils. Like if they have room, they'll be like, yeah, we'll, we'll bring you back on a cheap deal. Right. And then another thing is you talk about Ryan Graves. He's one of the top free agents on the defense class. And the defense class, considering the fact this is a weak free agent market, is not all that great. And if a team is very, very desperate for a left handed defenseman who's somewhat a stay at home defenseman, but can be physical at times, uh, you're going to have to overpay for Ryan Graves, whether it be a early third round pick or let's say a mid second round pick 
or if the Devils package in Igor Sharangovich, which I know he's an RFA, that sweetens the deal. Maybe you get a late first, but I don't think it's really going to get that point unless Vegas wants to take something or Colorado wants to try something erratic, which I doubt in my left mind because in my right mind, I'm thinking it's not going to happen. Yeah. So I have said it on this show, which is how would Tom Fitzgerald hypothetically get a first round draft pick? Because you, you really lost your best option in getting it. And it's not a bad thing. I knew Jesper Bratt was going to return, but it's like, could you package Ryan Graves or Yegor Sharangovich and get something out of it? I don't think teams would take that risk unless Fitzgerald is able to pull off his magic and do another sign and trade. Then maybe and, and it had to be, it has to be like for Ryan Graves and then Sharon Gove is just sort of like a throw in, but I don't see that happening. I don't, and trading away like a prospect like Alexander Holtz for like a, for a, for a first round pick, that doesn't make any sense because you're basically just starting over. You've already developed one prospect and he's showing some signs in Utica that he could uh, do well in the NHL level. That does, that makes zero sense as to, as to how that would, um, how that would play out. So I don't see that happening. Um, Plus the, there was the report earlier saying that he had a off season career defining off season, which according I don't to know what that is, whether it's the skating ability and being able to be more physical and add more body mass index, like muscle mass. So like, unless I, I, think- I see it, I think Ryan Novozinski wrote an article about it. I'm going to have to check it out. I don't. I don't have access to uh, those paid articles, so it's it, it it's not easy with NJ Advanced Media. I wish it was just still Star Ledger. Well, that's a talk for another time. But anyway, yeah. um, going back to um, what the Devils will do. Honestly, for the first time in a while, and it's not a bad problem to have. I don't think the draft is going to be all that eventful for the Devils. They might find some diamonds in the rough, and we'll see how it goes. But uh, there's a reason why I haven't really been talking about the draft um, recently because the Devils weren't a part of the lottery selection, obviously, because they were in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, obviously, they re-signed Jesper Bratt to a lengthy extension, so you you throw those speculations out the door. Um, they their, their, their first pick in the draft is going to come late in the second round. So that's not really all that exciting. It's not like they're going to have the first pick in the second round and maybe they can find someone who was supposed to go first round but just slip to the second round. It's more of like whoever's projected to go to the Devils at 58 and beyond, that's how it's set kind of thing. Now, I'm not I'm not trying to downplay and say that, the, that these prospects aren't going to develop into something special, but for right now, they're not really talked about all that much. They're not really highly scouted. And but at the same time, maybe the Devils can develop them into something uh, big and and, and uh, usable in the future. So I think for right now, my expectations for the draft anywhere from low to moderate. But still, I'm excited to see what uh, can uh, surface. Well, I always tell people in the past, guys like Pablo Datsyuk were slam dunk were the exceptions on uh, day two and. Also, he could easily have been a Hall of Famer if it was politics of the Hockey Hall of Shame committee. 
especially for what they're doing with McGilney and Eliash and anyone that's not fitting that criteria and giving someone who won, you know, non Stanley cops like Henrik Lundqvist on a first time ballot. Eh, that's like watering down your favorite hall of fame. We'll see what happens when the draft uh, approaches looking forward to it. Um, Jersey Joe, we've talked about everything about the draft. Do you have any final thoughts? Final thoughts are keep your eyes out for free agent frenzy after the draft because I figure on the day of the draft that guys like Timo Meyer will be extended and they will want to get that stuff out of the way before July 1st hits. And I just think the Devils PR has something up their sleeve. They're just not going to tell us until then. We'll see what happens. And, um, yeah, we talked about the prospects. We talked about our projections. We talked about our expectations. So, Jersey Joe, the pleasure is always mine. And oh, and also, everybody, I do have something planned with the Erie Otters trying to get their play-by-play announcer onto the show to talk about players like Kerry Terrence, Andre Molnar, Spencer Sova, players that could fall under the radar but have a lot of upside and maybe some other OHL prospects that the Devils could select. Jersey Joe will be back on this week. We're going to do some reactions when the tr- when the draft is all but over, and we'll give our thoughts as to who the Devils selected. But my thing is, don't be afraid to select a goalie with your first pick in the draft because Devils have already focused on forwards recently. They focused on defensemen recently. Why not focus on goalies? Just saying. Yeah, you got to have someone between the pipes and someone who's going to stand out for the long term. And like I do to close out every episode, continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. Jersey Joe, you'll be back soon. And I will catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again. Thank you.